Can I talk to you for a minute? Name's Dalton, right? I don't know you. My name is Tillman. Frank Tillman. I have a little club outside of Kansas City called the Double Deuce. It used to be a sweet deal. Now it's the kind of place that they sweep up the eyeballs after closing. Anyway, I've come into a little bit of money. I'd like to make a better life for myself. I need somebody to help me clean the place up. I need the best. Wade Garrett's the best. Wade Garrett's getting old. He's still the best. I want you. This is spoiler. When it comes to this podcast, all you have to do is follow three simple rules. If you are a fan, subscribe. And also check out our Patreon. We really appreciate it. No pressure, but we'd really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Rule number two. Never, and I mean never, say clit or clitoris on this podcast. Unless you absolutely have to. Oh, no. And believe me. I'll let you know when that is. And rule number three, if you guys don't like my hosting of this uh, episode at all, well, guess what? I used to fuck spoilers men like you in prison. This is Roadhouse (laughs) Spoilers. Let's go. Nice. Very nice. That's got to be a record for length, right? Roller coaster. And that explains. (laughs) (laughs) Early edit points. (laughs) Oh, we have to edit that. Well, anyway, I am your host, Stevie, and welcome to this very, very special (gasps) episode of Spoilers. Today we are doing the Patrick Swayze classic, Roadhouse. Now, Josh, I'm going to kick this to you. This is a Patreon request. Who is the Patreon, or who is the patron per se? And what is that person's opening question? Okay. This is our good friend, Alex. Let's we go. call him Druid. We call him Druid King. He took a while to submit his movie, but boy, did he submit a good one. Am I right? He is our largest oh, yeah. patron, right? Rock hard, Vigo Mortensen level. We don't talk about numbers, but he He's is... He's a rock hard he, patron, that's all I'm saying. As big as Vigo, some would say. <laughs> He's an OG. We talk all the time. Dirk. In the, oh, excuse me. Drew <laughs> <laughs> King is an OG. Talk all the time in the DMs. But anyway, he chose Roadhouse, and we love to see it. What did you What did you ask though? Is there a specific like opening question? What's the opening question, man. Oh, I thought I told you. Okay, yeah. So I, he thought he wanted it to be about bar fights, but that unbeknownst to him, we just covered fights. We're a and violent we're not, like, bunch. A super, we're not a violent. We have like 0.5 fights between us, so we're really stretching for stories. So we changed it kind of to bar stories, just in general, right? Yeah, bar stories. Funniest bar story. And let's go this week. Let's go from Weesis to Esis. Okay, that means I'm up first. This is Corey Kylo Ren memes recording out of Simi Valley, California. I don't think you asked that, but there it is. We're talking about bar stuff. I don't want to get too dramatic or depressing right now. I just yeah. I'll, I'll just say this: when I used to go to a bar, there was one bar 
here in Simi Valley that's no longer open. It was called, at the time, Yankee Doodles. And one thing that they used to do that was fucking amazing was they would bring in these amateur wrestlers and they erected a wrestling ring inside the bar. Oh my god. And you would just get trashed and watch people wrestle and it was so fucking funny. Like, it was hilarious. Imagine, like, you know... Like wannabe like ECW guys, you know they don't get too gory with it, so it wasn't too hardcore. But it was just like funny seeing these guys hit each other with like aluminum chairs and shit. Like it was just a good time. So, <laughs> so that's like, what sounds I'm awesome. Go with. So like Rock Flag and Eagle from It's Always Sunny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they didn't have Rowdy Rowdy Piper though as the mentor. Like, uh. You got kids, maniac? Not anymore. Quick <laughs> <laughs> question, Corey. Though, I mean. This isn't trying to be offensive because my wife and I experienced this at college, but mm. one of those nights at the Yankee Doodle at Yankee Doodles was their midget wrestling. Not at that bar, but they have had it uh, at other bars in this area. I just haven't gone yet. I do want to go. It's incredible. It is incredible yeah. how aerodynamic those fellers really are. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's called. It is. That's what they it, call no, it. They call it midget yeah. wrestling. Yeah. I'm not trying to that's be offensive. Exactly what this is what they call it. I'm, I know. I'm telling people that. <laughs> I like how Stevie lowers his voice, though, so it's quieter. <laughs> yes. yeah, no. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I didn't know. Okay, okay. So I, I had to lower it because my wife came storming down the stairs saying, the baby just got put down. Quit your yelling. She can hear you saying clip from down here. Stop. <laughs> oh, send her another meme. <laughs> I guess I, I'm next. Uh, this is Pappy recording from Louisville, Colorado. Um, not a lot of bar stories. I've gotten a lot of from bartenders. I don't drink in your bed. You don't sleep at my bar type <laughs> comments. Um, very sleepy man. Um, I remember one time I was in a bar with Mikey and a bouncer was being like racist to him or something. I don't really remember my birthday much about you, it. You, you took my story. I was going to say that my one. birthday uh, well, teaser. I'll let you tell it then because I don't remember the details. But yeah, I, I remember I like stood up for Monk, Mikey and uh, ended racism or something that night. It was very, very true friend. <laughs> wow. And everyone applauded. Well, OK, I'll go next because uh, I think I'm next anyways. But Mikey recording from Goshen, Indiana. And this story uh it was uh, what brothers in South Bend. Brothers and something newly opened brothers in South Bend. Yeah, I think we were all there for somebody's birthday. I can't remember, but uh, they, they uh, I think enacted a hat rule where you can't like wear your hat a certain way. And I was wearing my hat like forward and straight, which is the normal way to wear a hat. <laughs> uh, but they were, uh, I don't know. They like called me out on wearing it in a. I don't know. I think they have like a gang problem or something. Gangster style. Yeah, and they uh, kicked me out for wearing that hat. And I, uh, yeah, Pap caused a ruckus on the way out. I, I, I walked out, and Pap was uh, yelling and screaming on the way. But uh, yeah, I was calling him racist. <laughs> I wasn't gonna let this <laughs> transgression stand, man. I appreciate that. That was a yeah. That was a good, good bar memory, I guess. That was my birthday, Mikey. Yeah, uh, kind of brought that birthday party to a halt until we went to a different bar. For the time being, yeah. This is Josh from Goshen. A little bit of Goshen Elkhart lore is that there used to be a bar named Barney's on the corner of 18 and like 33. And they're not around anymore, oh, much God. like Yankee Doodles. <laughs> <laughs> Very patriotic place, by the way. <laughs> 
but Stevie, it was also a birthday party. It was my brother-in-law. Most of you guys know Josh, my brother-in-law. He had a, his 21st birthday. And you guys know Barney's. Like, they carded him. And since he didn't get his license renewed on that day, since it was past midnight. Oh, no. Yeah, they pulled that on him. So, like, yeah, he oh. was 21 at midnight. So, he we went out. So stupid. They, like, kicked him out of the bar. And you guys know his friend Zach, right? He mm, was, yeah. like, he was already inside with, like, a pitcher full. And he was, like, so downtrodden when he heard the news that, like, Josh was, like, on the outside looking in like a little puppy dog. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so he goes, Fuck that. Hey, guys, get out of here. Gave us, like, a little wink. And he, like, went to go pick up his pitcher and just dropped it on its side full pitcher. <laughs> Just boom, water ballooned it and jogged out. Nice. And we went home. We didn't go anywhere else because Josh is just like, we have beer at home. The next place is just going to turn out of my damn license anyway. Oh, uh, this is Brett recording out of Fort Wayne. Uh, I have a couple little small ones, but I'll just stick with one, I guess. One that I have to remind myself it happened. I was sitting at Barney's. Uh, at the bar, which I never really did, and I had a beer, and I started drinking it. Then all of a sudden, I got super, super messed up. It was like my first beer. thought I was going to pass out. I felt like I had been really, like, drugged, roofied. I stumbled. Like you'd been bitten by a spider. I don't know what happened. I stumbled out of the bar. I almost fell down the stairs, and I stumbled out to my car and I fell asleep. I passed out for like an hour. I don't know what happened to this day. I doubt. I mean, it felt like I had been roofied, but I, I guessing it wasn't happened, but I still don't know what happened and it was just really, really messed up. I was alone, so you know, just felt really, really weird. And I, after I woke up, I felt fine. I went back in there. So <laughs> You went back instead of seeking medical attention? <laughs> I, I think so. I don't remember. But it was just a really, it's the weirdest I've ever felt in my entire life. I felt super drugged. Again, it was my first beer, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happened. I still don't know. So I remember my first beer. What if that was you, like, passing away in an alternate reality, and you, like, waking up as, like, the convergence of, like, the new you? So that's, like, the Mandela effect for your life possible oh you've like isolated the moment hmm. Hmm. everything before that's all berenstein bears for brett yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh is it my turn yeah man okay i'll go back to my college days for this one this is my senior year at ball state university and in my youth i used to push drinks on people uh, it's a really annoying thing to do, but it's, you know, if you know someone that can't handle their shit, you just buy them shots or beers here and there to see where it goes. And mm, evil. I know it's <laughs> Machiavellian. It, it kind of is, but it was kind of tragic. We were at this really awful dive towny bar called the chug. And it looks just like it sounds. It's called the chug. And I was pushing shots on my, still my wife's best friend. Uh, her name was Emily. Sorry, Emily. Well, long story short, there was this girl in the bathroom throwing up. The bouncers heard throwing up and Emily happened to walk out exactly as like this person, like as the person stopped throwing up and they thought it was her. 
and she just starts screaming. She was like, they pretty much told her to leave, and she's like, I am not drunk. You cannot do this to me. I'm standing right here. And they're like, <laughs> we're going to remove you. And to this day, I'll never forget it. Emily is about 5'2", a very small human being. And she goes, well, what are you going to do, throw me out? They picked her up by the back of her pants <laughs> and ho-heaved her out the door. It is disaster, <laughs> like disaster. It is still one of the hardest I have ever laughed in my entire life. I am sorry, Emily, but I'll never forget the scream you let out as you were let go. <laughs> Please insert oh, jazz getting thrown out of Uncle Phil's house. Ah! Oh, it is... I mean, it is still one of my favorite stories and fondest memories, because I will never forget that. Rocky would have never let that happen, right, Brett? <laughs> yeah. Who's editing this episode? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Add another Jesse Jeff right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, then. <laughs> All right, let's start on the roadhouse. Pap... <sighs> Yeah. Do you want to like? Do you think there is a world that exists, or do you want to live in a world where bouncers are mythical heroes throughout the country, <laughs> and people know of mythical and legend type coolers? They're knights. Bouncers are on like one like first name basis in terms of fame. Like it's again. insane. He says, "I'm Dalton," and everyone goes, "Oh my god, I've heard of you." I thought you'd be bigger. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Roadhouse is a western, right? Like in a, in a lot of ways, it's basically a western western movie skinned as like a bar contemporary story. And this guy Patrick Swayze, he's the cooler. He's the sheriff of the bar. He's here to bring justice to the town. So it's like a southwestern, right? I only I I think it's like I mean it's literally a western. I don't know like what other kind of like frameworks you can like apply to it, but it was written as a western. Basically, that, that was like everyone's mentality going into it. I was getting kung fu samurai movies, <laughs> especially towards the end. I was like, what is happening now? It's like Big Lebowski before he chilled out and got into weed. Speaking of Jackie Treehorn, hmm. Sam Elliott. Speaking of, yeah. Brett, you're a big Big Lebowski guy, right? Yeah, I like Big Lebowski. I've seen it dozens of times, so yeah. Yeah, it's one Definitely. of my all-time favorite movies. Is the Big Lebowski just purgatory extended from Roadhouse? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, because the two people that die are the in, two also people, in that movie? Exactly. Mm. And it's like Jackie Treehorn gets to live as if, you know, the world is his playground again. And Sam yeah. Elliott just realizes how meaningless it all is. And he hangs out in a bowling alley. He just wants a good sarsaparilla. That's all he wants. His, <laughs> his limp is gone. He's happy. And he gets to hang out in a bowling alley. I'd never thought of it, but, you know, you might have a point there. <laughs> <laughs> Kylo... How does this movie start out? Because it's incredibly, this movie is incredibly weird, but how does this movie start out? Well, it starts out in a, a pretty nice bar, I believe. We see a bar environment that is, uh, I guess, like the optimal running situation for the most part. Like, you know, it's a regular bar. It's pretty nice. Patrick Swayze is the head bouncer there. And, uh, you know, he makes sure that the place is run running smoothly i guess you know in terms of uh violence and such and you know he gets an offer to go work at a shitty bar to kind of clean things up that's the setup for the movie dude he gets offered so much money oh my oh my god i, he, I don't remember how much it was but it was a $500 lot five hundred dollars a night cash with the five thousand dollars medical 
So, I mean, that's, I didn't, it's like almost $190,000 in 1989. On top of him only paying 1200 bucks a year in rent. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It's insane. I'll, I'll say this. I, I hadn't uh, seen this movie up until this watch for the podcast. And I was sure the guy that came in and hired Patrick Swayze was going to be the villain. I was fucking sure of it. Right? He's the bad guy in K-9, which came out right around the same also time. Also the bad guy in Newsies came out a few years later after this. But like the entire time I'm waiting for the big twist. Like when's this guy, you know, turn on Swayze? Yeah. He's got a bad guy face for sure. Yeah, and he ended up being like a sympathetic character, strangely. Like like this movie's what, an hour and 47 minutes long? For a hundred, you know, for an hour and 46 of it, I thought, when's this guy turning on Swayze? When does he, like, leave him for dead or put a knife in his back? Never happened. Biggest twist of the entire well, movie. He, he <laughs> does commit murder with a few other people at the end. Is it murder, though? <laughs> I think in the context of, of this murder. movie, though, that's okay. Like, that, you know, the way this movie goes, like, that's not that big of a deal. It's kind of like a good thing that they did that. Yeah, ultimately. they do have some dialogue where it's like uh, yeah it was a pretty good night nobody died today <laughs> it's an average day at the bar where somebody dies speaking of nobody died today Mikey please describe to us pre-Swayze what the double deuce is if not a playground for murder oh it's uh, it's a nightmare <laughs> this is like if uh, Mad Max had a bar uh there's just <laughs> drugs, prostitution, any kind of debauchery you can get up to. It's in the double the deuce, free Swayze. Kylo, I know someone is selling death sticks on the side. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why that one girl got uh, fired, right? She was yep. slinging those death sticks. <laughs> they never said what substance it was. We can write whatever we want. Uh, I mean, It's funny that you say it's like Mad Max because... This place would be a perfect fit for Barter Town. Which one's that from? Uh, Beyond Thunderdome. That's Beyond Thunderdome. I almost wouldn't mind if the Fury Road sequel just takes place at the Double Deuce 150 years later. <laughs> like, like the whole movie is like a stage play, but it's in the Double Deuce. There's no cars. And the amount of violence here, you got to imagine that at the end of the night, they're just sweeping up bodies and tossing them out back. Uh, just yeah, to... it's got to be death. Yeah. Cops don't really mind. No, not a whole lot of cops in this town, it seems like. Love the music of the Double Deuce, though. Slaps. I love Jeff Healy. It's, who did you say it was? Jeff Healy? Brett? Jeff Healy. Was he blind in real life? I don't know anything about his, like, career. Yeah, he had a really big hit in the 80s. Uh, you've probably all heard it. It's called Angel Eyes. How's it go, Brett? I won't sing. You have an, oh. you have an angelic what voice. What did I do? What did I say? Turn your angel eyes my way. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I, I guess in the editing process, the first cut of this movie was three and a half hours. So bummed we didn't get that version. I would like to see that. A big part of that, I guess, like the one of the bartenders had like a black a backstory, uh, or and like it was like more flushed out. The and, black uh, bartender. The black bartender had a black story. <laughs> He's a pretty big actor, actually. This wasn't back. I mean, he was hardly in the movie. I can't remember. His, I can't remember his name. But what was he known for? Uh, he does comedy stuff now. Keith David. Uh, yeah, Keith David. Oh, they, oh, they live. He, he fought Roddy Piper in that They Live movie. Yeah. He's in the thing. Mr. President from Rick and Morty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Requiem for a Dream. The defense secretary from Armageddon. This guy's everywhere. Yeah. Not in this movie, though. Totally cut from this movie. So they had to, like, fall back on 
the band to like fill in a lot of gaps between scenes. Like a lot of the scene transitions you see with like the band, there was like a lot of backstory there that would have like bridged the gap and maybe would have explained why there's no fucking police anywhere to be found. Where are the police? They cut that. They kept Patrick Swayze's ass. You know, they got it. Well, come on, you gotta do that. (laughs) You gotta keep the important stuff. And he's got uh, some muscly cheeks. Well, oh, it, adds, my goodness. It, it adds context to the story. You know, it looked you like one of Arnold's it. biceps from Predator. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like how it's just like not enough that he has an amazing ass too. They have to have like the bartender or the waitress there going. She's oh, like, oh, ah. like <laughs> doing the Hank Hill. Just the sight of it. <laughs> I thought she'd have more of an arc. You know, what do you mean she learns to sing? That is pretty much the best arc. Now that I think about it, my bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that? Do you guys? Do you guys think that's her actual voice? No. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. No. <laughs> the singing feels so shoehorned in. It feels like they found like she's like, oh, I can sing a little bit on set, and so they like added that scene in. I don't know like why you would have her singing unless it was actually her. She was a singer in the choir, church choir. To me, it seemed like there might have been stuff cut with. Swayze getting more into music. That is my thinking. Mm. Several scenes where they show him like bopping, and it seems to be the only thing that makes him happy for a while, like to see the band playing. You know what I mean? I have a feeling that this movie had a self titled theme song that didn't make the movie, and it hurts my heart every day thinking about it. <laughs> what do you mean? So I have this theory, and I've had it for about 10 years now, and it's the first time I'm ever going to share this. But do you guys know that mo- you know that song by New Kids on the Block called The Right Stuff? Oh yeah, you got it. I have a feeling that was originally intended for this movie. Instead of saying The Right Stuff though, it said Roadhouse. Yep. I mean, it makes sense. I honestly think this movie was supposed to be a lot bigger than it was, and a theme song went with it. Josh, though, in Swayze's awesome, like, upstairs barn apartment where he gets to show his ass... Who is the neighbor across the way? <laughs> the actor's name is Ben Gazzara. Rest in peace. Character's name is Brad Wesley. We also know him as Jackie, Jackie Treehorn from The Big Lebowski. Like you guys mentioned, he's kind of got a nice plot of land. He lives in a manse down by the river <laughs> and <laughs> parties a lot. He seems to be a man of like high tastes. He one point specifically mentions that his goal is he knows that he's rich, but he wants to be richer. The ultimate 80s villain, if there ever was one. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite a kind of the quintessential him, I think. And he goes, he's not afraid to get his hands dirty and have people killed. I think he runs the town. He pays off the police. He collects insurance money from all the businesses. He has intimidating thugs that he has Rome around town and I hope we get to more of those characters too Stevie because 
Name your favorite I, one. Like someone mentioned wrestling earlier. Terry Funk. It, they are kind of like wrestling characters throughout this. They really remind me. They all have like their certain set of skills and like certain amount of stamina. And like have like a video game set of sc- they don't get like the power up to Different weapons. weapons. Yeah, not till the very end level do they all get guns. But. There's a legendary wrestler in, in this movie, Terry Funk. He's the big bouncer, the original really guy, Morgan. Oh. Not, not the tall guy, but the other tall guy, but the shorter guy who he fires. He's like, you don't have the temperament for this. He's like a legend, man. Yeah. Oh, with the. With the horrible haircut? He's got like a ponytail or something. Oh, I, I love remember that. Terry he Funk. just goes, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. There's always barber school. Morgan, you're out of here. What the fuck are you talking about? You don't have the right temperament for the trade. You asshole. What am I supposed to do? There's always barber college. <laughs> That's a great line. Their strengths are brandishing firearms. Their weaknesses are stuffed polar bears <laughs> in the basement. I love that when he like pushes this polar bear on the dude. Like that might be the worst shot in the whole movie. <laughs> so bad. That looks so cheap. By worst, you mean one of the most important. Stevie, I have a question for you. What's up, Josh? If someone's watching this for the first time, like now, 2021, Brett hates it when we watch it with 2021 lenses. No, but I was... If you're watching it now, when does the movie flip from you being cynical, like, oh, this is like just a stereotypical toxic male movie to being like, oh my gosh, this is Looney Tune and I got to absorb like every bit of it. There's got to be like a turning point. So like, it, it, the movie starts out great because it's actually directed kind of well. I know, I know the script is awful the acting's bad too the acting is bad but like the intro to like the nice bar is really cool the way like the people are moving around the camera the way the camera moves with the characters i think is awesome um and then you get the double deuce and there's a lot of sexual assault it's very light sexual battery brett are you a lawyer no, and it's just a callback joke. Somebody <laughs> somebody knows that joke from something I said earlier. I don't remember what it was. I hope to God someone remembers that joke. <laughs> somebody somewhere <laughs> thinks that's funny. <laughs> then it goes from like, why is Swayze, like why is this woman having sex with Swayze on a roof where her ex can see her even though she knows he's the most evil man within five counties? <laughs> I think she just wanted to have Swayze killed. Which is, I was waiting for the plot twist that she was a double agent. To oh. bring down the cooler. She was going to be like Indiana Jones. Like, what's the one where like... The... Ah, love her. And the third one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, Ger- the Austrian chick. Yeah, I thought, yes. I thought she was sent there just to bring Swayze down. Like, this cooler cannot bring me down. And then it gets peculiar when Wesley has a monster truck run through mm-hmm. uh, a dealership <laughs> and over cars. Um, and that's when it gets really, really, really out there. I, I'm i confused at the question, Josh, because Swayze isn't violent throughout like the first 30 minutes of this 100-minute movie. Mm-hmm. Like, he lit- like the, our main protagonist doesn't use violence. He uses... It's more like, like uses the to get people out of the bar. It's more a question of just like looking at the cover and the few scenes I had seen, of course, on like TV growing up because this movie was on everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was going to be like sweaty Swayze acting. I didn't expect to get any enjoyment and I didn't expect there to be like this lunacy to it that would have me 
I thought it would take itself more seriously, and it didn't, and I was very happy for that. Well, when did it turn Looney Tunes for you, Josh? I think probably the second bar fight. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, this is just going to be a movie of bar fight after bar fight, and like, to what degree can he keep the bar fight peaceful? And I was like, that's pretty a great premise. I really like that. I've seen this movie multiple times, not like a ton, but I get giddy literally every time he's in the bar working. Like mm-hmm. those scenes, I love those scenes so much. Like, you know, they're working together to take care of situations and he's teaching the guys, these guys how to do it. And I think those are the best scenes. Obviously, it's not saying that that crazy to say those are the best scenes in the movie to me but i just love watching him work it's kind of paced in this rise and fall where the rise is what's going to happen crazy bar scene and then there's kind of the fallout some talking a little movement of plot and then you're like all right tonight tonight's gonna be the next crazy bar scene (laughs) who's gonna who's gonna get prostituted who's gonna get who's gonna be like screwing in the side room there's a different problem every night multiple problems I do get giddy when Swayze is working, especially when like he enters for the first time where everybody's just like, it's Dalton. He traveled a thousand yeah. miles away. I can't believe it's Dalton. <laughs> like his name carries so much weight. It's like Kobe, right? Like he's, <laughs> he's the Kobe. Yes. Dalton. The Kobe of bouncers. You take off someone's knife boot and everyone's like, <laughs> Dalton, Dalton. Dalton. <laughs> Dalton's best friend. That's really funny is the incredibly sexy Sam Elliott. What do you think of his character? Because he also gets the same treatment as Swayze when he enters that same godforsaken bar. Yeah, so he's like the big boss. He's the the Jedi master (laughs) of Coors. Like he's trained Swayze in the ways of being a a bouncer, being a Coor. I mean, Sam Elliott's the fucking man. I don't don't know what, what else there is to say about him. He looks... Incredibly handsome in this movie, I must say. I don't Ridiculously know if anybody else handsome. Knows. Yeah, he, he looks awesome. I'm with you, Mikey. I think that like he might rival Swayze as the hunk of this movie. Mikey and I had a little uh, argument today, and you know he he pulled out the big guns. I said, he said uh, Sam Elliott was the sexiest man. I said, did you see uh, Patrick Swayze's butt cheeks? And he said, yeah, but he shows his pubes. Sam Elliott basically pulls down his pants in front of the doctor lady. <laughs> You're right. When you're right, you're right. His facial hair is like a thin, silvery, beautiful carpet that just it looks glorious, doesn't it? Cheekbones, yes. I mean, it just looks so glorious. And Corey, I have a question for you. Did you get a lot of uh, Dark Knight vibes with uh, Sam Elliott's character arc? No, really. (laughs) What do you mean, Stevie? Explain. I mean, they like Rachel and Sam Elliott die the exact same way from Roadhouse and Dark Knight. Oh, (laughs) oh, where like the Joker puts him in a room and like kick the wrong one, pick one, blows him to smithereens. (laughs) I'd never thought about that, but now that's pretty cool. Uh, The Dark Knight was probably the last movie I was thinking of when I was watching this. Like, this movie is just <laughs> oozing with 80s-ness that, to the likes of which I can't even compare to any other movie. I realize after watching this, I haven't even seen an 80s movie. Like, nothing I have seen has prepared me for the 80s-ness of this movie. <laughs> this is a uh, 
a, a deep departure from the dark night, I think. But I, I, I see what you mean about that particular point. Like, isn't it crazy that like when Nolan and his brother, I imagine, are working on this script for the dark night, they were like, what if we roadhouse Rachel? <laughs> like, remember Roadhouse? She can die the exact same way. It's just good filmmaking. I have a question. I have a question for you, Stevie. Yeah. Like in terms of the structure, I think that I'm having trouble thinking of examples. Maybe Jaws might be an example, but like the most entertaining character comes into the story way later, right? And I, I think Sam Elliott's arguably the most entertaining. You're talking about like Hooper, Quint. Um, yeah, like Hooper comes in later. There's a couple other movies I'm, I can't think of now, but did, would this have been a better movie? If Sam Elliott's there the whole time, or does the injection of him into the story, like the two-thirds mark, like really help? I think the injection really helps, because it's almost like, you can never get enough Sam Elliott, but it's almost like... You could, though. You know, once the the mythicness or the, the epic legend of Dalton wears off, you need to, like, recharge that again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I think Sam Elliott and his glorious beard and limp coming into the fold is, like, the way to do it. I think you guys meant Quint because Hooper's definitely not the best character in Jaws. I was definitely—I think I meant Quint, but there's like—it's a common thing that you'll see. <laughs> I think he's—I think Hooper's the most entertaining. Richard Dreyfus. Oh yeah. Hmm. Interesting. He's about as entertaining okay. as Sam Elliott's pubes. I would say. <laughs> so really entertaining is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Big and red. Mikey. Jackie Treehorn has kind of a. A trick, you know, a trick or a card up his sleeve, per se. Um, Is it murder? Is that the trick? (laughs) Is it just... (laughs) Extortion? Extortion, definitely. His trick is, like, this weird, like, dog that he has on a leash that has Uh, one of the funniest lines I can remember. We have Swayze, and this is Bizarro Swayze. (laughs) Almost uh, exact same hair, almost the exact same haircut, build... Almost oh uh, perfect uh, anti-hero to Swayze, <laughs> but um, I'm watching the scene right now where they meet in the hardware store where Red works, the old guy that he like burns his place down, uh, and they have like a kind of a stare down, and it looks like uh, a very sexual stare down. Very uh, sexual. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's just kind of built up to be like... I don't know. There's not really any backstory other than like he's been in prison from the one line that you're going to mention and uh, (laughs) that he also like knows Kung Fu or something. He takes a pool cue and is like awesome with it. He's like spinning it around and beating the shit out of Swayze's Swayze's guys. He's an odd fellow. I don't know where he's supposed to come from. If Swayze is Spider-Man, he is Venom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He dresses Mm -hmm. kind of like Native American. Stevie, is he possibly... Cooch, cooch related from Vision, from Vision <laughs> Quest grown I, I, up. I would not be. I wouldn't say Vision. I wouldn't say Cooch grown up, but definitely like an off branch of the Cooch family for sure. <laughs> Just an offshoot somewhere, second cousin perhaps. But like, like his bloodline, Missouri Cooches. Like, yeah, like from Washington to Missouri, double deuce. Like, th- there's some Cooch in there for sure. I'm glad you knew where I was going with that. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. I was thinking about it. I was like, where is Brett going with this? <sighs> Might as well get into it. Is the Swayze Cooch, I guess a Cooch related fight, is it one of the highlight of the films for you? Uh, I mean, it is. It's a great fight. I'm trying to think. I almost consider the best part to be over by that point. But 
what is the when he, he talk about when he rips the guy's throat out? Oh yeah, it's a great callback. Yeah, because he the whole rumor is I heard he killed a guy. I heard he ripped the guy's throat out, or I heard he can rip a guy's throat out, and nobody believes him. But let me. This is something that bothered me this time. So I'm gonna Kelly Lynch. Do the it. doc is, in my opinion, unnecessarily harsh to Dalton throughout this entire movie. She's like, oh, what's the difference between you and Brad Wesley? Like, <laughs> he might not, he might have been able to get away without ripping his throat out, but dude, he was fighting, he literally fighting for his life. It's a little different than a guy who goes around murdering and stealing from people. Like, I thought she was way too hard on him at the last third of the movie, but that's just my tangent. It just comes out of nowhere, though, too, to your point, because like she starts to lecture him be- before what's his name, the old man's house is on fire like that's what she starts to lecture Emmett yeah and it's like why are you talking to him like this now like what do you what do you mean what has he done that's wrong at this point right and he's you could tell he doesn't like to fight he does it because he's good at it yeah I just got annoyed with it this time if she would have come like 10 minutes later and seen him tossing the body in the water and like taunting then maybe that would have made more sense yeah (laughs) (laughs) like she just got the the end of it yeah I mean Sam Elliott had just told him like a couple scenes ago, like if someone points a gun at you, you have to finish it because, you know, you're fighting for your life at that point. So in that fight, the guy has a gun, uh, the mirror universe Swayze guy. But that whole that whole thing is like underdeveloped, right? Because that's supposed to be we're talking about character arcs. Clearly, like there's a bunch cut of like Swayze, like dealing with his past character arc of like how he killed that guy, because we really only get it the three times. We, like, he's barely violent in the first third of the film. He literally rips the man's throat out, which is an incredible <laughs> Good. finishing Good. move. And then in the next fight, he like resists ripping out Jackie Treehorn's throat. It's like, if you only do it twice, it's hard to see the progression and the growth there. How many throats do you want to see ripped? <laughs> more. <laughs> like, would it, would it have been more powerful... If he lets Bizarro Swayze go, and then at the end he rips Jackie Treehorn's throat out, so the town doesn't have to commit murder. Yeah, the town committing murder is fucking crazy, isn't it? They all—they is like, it murder? Maybe it's self-defense. They're just like shooting him multiple, multiple times with <laughs> shotguns at a close range, and then. But he will literally kill all of them. And then like Bubba or whatever goes, I got attacked by a bear and everyone laughs and like just like dances away and <laughs> roll credits. It's a, it's a very Brady Bunch ending now that you say that. A man yeah. is bleeding with buckshot all over this table right here. Like, can we show some reverence or respect? No, the guy's a bad dude. It's a lynching. Yeah, right. it's literally. I mean, it literally, it's a Western. This movie is a Western. It's like the ending of Three Amigos, where the Three Amigos have inspired the town to to fight to kill back El Guapo? El Guapo. Yeah, never, never seen it. Sorry. Oh no, I, I'm just kind of shocked you've never seen Three Amigos. I think I've, I don't like Chevy Chase, and I'm not a big fan of Martin Short. So, am I? Am I off the pod? Dang, Brett, just killing the mood. Jeez. <sighs> They're all arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Short's the most arrogant. By far and away. But, Corey, do you like this ending of town committing murder and then Swayze no. just having sex in the lake to have sex in the lake? No, it's one of the stupidest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. 
What? How would you have liked for it to end? I don't know, man. Like, what, what are you going to do in this movie? Like, this movie's already, like, up to its eyeballs in stupidity. Like, <laughs> it, like Jeez. I don't know. Fucking Patrick Swayze to fight Brad Wesley in, like, mech suits. I mean, just go there. Like, mm. <laughs> like... I, I, I gotta agree with uh, with Stevie though. It's like once the monster truck thing happens, all bets all are bets off. All bets are like, off. This is just this is just crazy now. The whole town is watching this man plow through a, a car dealership with this monster truck, and there are no police trying to stop. Like you could commit murder in broad daylight at that point, which they do. All bets are off. So there can't be any logic, can there? <laughs> and then when and then when uh, the the sheriff shows up. And sees the dead man on the ground where they just hid the guns, like probably in a closet or something. It's very, he's like open and shut case. Nobody can solve this case. It's right. It's done. <laughs> Can't do yeah, anything about that's it. That's all there they is to want, it, Johnson. The perfect you just keep death. your mouth shut. Yeah, the cops are all doing really bad things and letting things go. Well, so then, Yeah, well, then they'd have to fight the cops then, too. Like, you can't just. That's true. Well, Pap, logic is out the window. Why are you guys doing this? Who's who's the character who pulls the gun on him, Stevie? That pulls the gun on Jackie Treehorn? Red. No. Right? I thought he it was pull, Red. No, he pulls a gun on Patrick Swayze, and then he pulls out his throat. Who is that? Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy, like, his last line is, I'm going to kill you the old-fashioned way, and stops the hand-to-hand fight and pulls out a pistol. Like, rationale is out of the window. Is that the old-fashioned way? That's what I'm saying. The old-fashioned way is a <laughs> like, stick and or stone. I know. <laughs> it wouldn't have been better if he, like, like if at first had the gun and then said, I'm going to kill you the old-fashioned way and then started to fight Swayze? Wouldn't that have made so much more sense? You can say all bets are off, but... All. This film is set <laughs> in the United States in the 20th century. I have to assume that there is, like, an institution of police that exists to some level, and they don't... They don't give you the exposition, like, and it's a terribly ADR line. Like, I, I won't play the clip, but like, it doesn't fit in the scene at all. You can tell that it's like it doesn't even sound like the rest of Red's dialogue in that scene. And like, they show like Doc and Patrick Swayze just like looking at each other, so it makes no sense why they would go to that shot for like that line of dialogue. But like, you can't just like hand wave away the cops at the seven eighths part of the movie because like. I'm watching these acts of literal terrorism happen, and at some point I'm going to be like, well, if the fire department's here, aren't the cops have to be here too? Yeah, buildings are exploding. People are dying at this bar regularly. But he's, they say it, Pat. 20 years I watched Wesley get richer while everybody else around him got poor. Can you prove he started the fire? Who are you going to prove it to? He's got the sheriff and the whole police force in his pocket, for Christ's sakes. I'd call a friend in Springfield who works for the FBI. You gonna take the stand against him? No, I'm not. But Brett, the, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that they don't say it. I'm saying that the movie constructs itself poorly, and they say it at the very end of the movie, when by that point, I've like they're begging the question: We're driving monster trucks to car dealerships. Why are the police not involved? You need to have that line way earlier, way way earlier. And then they're like do you want to get the feds involved? And like, well, do you want to take the stand against Jackie Treehorn? It's like, yeah. Why would you not want to take the stand against this one guy? It's <laughs> Well, weird. yeah, I thought that was dumb too because it's not like he's the mafia. Yeah. Right, right. What if this is the first run-through of the Truman Show? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Who's the Truman? Dalton. That's how everyone in that bar knows his name. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's just used to that, like, everywhere he goes, right? Like, he, it's always been that way for him. It's the Dalton show. That's the first run through of the Truman show. That's why the cops don't show up to the end. That's why buildings can magically just explode. That's why Doc is just an actress. Uh, and her, because her story arc makes no sense. She's just having sex with him because he's the main star. That sex scene's wild, too, by the way. She likes his mind. Now, nah, this is the first run through of the Truman Show for sure. Steve, you seem slightly tweaked, almost like you're not getting as much sleep lately. I feel like your theories are a little bit more bizarre <laughs> tonight than usual. I'm trying to make sense of this movie, Josh. And the only way I can do that is to say that Ed Harris was directing this this town from behind the scenes and a lot of murder went down and that's why he had to move to Florida, put up a dome and make a utopia for Jim Carrey. That's all I'm saying. That was in California. What was? The only thing that makes sense is Brad Wesley is a CIA operative who's smuggling drugs through this town. That's why he's getting away with all of these terrorist acts. <laughs> he's got literal henchmen and he's allowed to just, like, do whatever he wants in this town. He's got to have, like, some sort of government power behind him because they would be cordoning off this entire county like nobody enter this Mad Max hell <laughs> zone. <laughs> nobody live here because this guy is insane. Well, Pappy's been calling this out as a Western all night. I mean, I feel like a typical Western, you're not looking for, like, FBI ninjas to come solve the problems at the end. Right, I think. but that's because in a Western... The whole point is you're like an isolated community, right? Like so, it's a it's an it's lawlessness. A, when you like reskin a Western in 21st century, you have this big problem of the Federal Bureau of Investigation <laughs> exists. Like that's why Josh and like Young Guns they got to send in John Kinney. <laughs> it's John Kinney. You know. Mm-hmm. Dude, I've been waiting for it. I hate to backtrack, but Truman Show is in California. I'm pretty sure the dome is behind the Hollywood sign. Really? That's what I remember. Because I've been, I've been to the Truman Show town in Florida. I'm sure they, you know, filmed it elsewhere, but like in the context of that movie. Yeah. Not to get too off track when they show the exterior of the dome. I'm pretty sure it's behind the Hollywood sign. I always kind of bums me out that Truman's. I've seen Truman's house, and it's where the Gates family lived. Mm. Oh, okay. Like the house they used in the movie? Yeah. Well, yeah. The exterior shots. That's where the uh, Matt Gates and his family resided for a long time. Speaking of California, did you guys see that giant-ass road sign behind them at the used car dealership that says Los Angeles Bakersfield with like an arrow <laughs> pointing to the right? It's like, oh yeah, deep in the heart of the Ozarks, Los Angeles, that away. <laughs> you know, just a classic Western. Just your classic Western with a pepper of Southern. I mean, it's just this is just a small thing, but one thing that... I guess it just kind of like blew my mind in a weird way and stuck with me is when we see Jackie Treehorn, Brad Wesley, like driving, he just like swerves recklessly for no reason. Like he's, you know, he's on a pretty empty two lane highway, but just taking up both lanes, just casual as you like. Why? Because fuck everyone else. That's why. The world's his playground. Yeah. If you will. 100%. Before we get into yes or no's or and or trivia, do you guys have anything else that stuck out that stood out to you? So many more. The yeah. Hit me with a pat. Be nice speech. Be nice. <laughs> you like that speech? Be nice. Come on. 
If somebody gets in your face and calls you a cocksucker, I want you to be nice. Okay. Ask him to walk, but be nice. If he won't walk, walk him, but be nice. If you can't walk him, one of the others will help you, and you'll both be nice. I want you to remember that it's a job. It's nothing personal. Uh-huh. Being called a cocksucker isn't personal? No. It's two nouns combined to elicit a prescribed response. I wonder if somebody calls my mama a whore. <laughs> Is she? <laughs> I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. Well, uh, how are we supposed to know when that is? You won't. I'll let you know. You are the bouncers, I am the cooler. All you have to do is watch my back and each other's. And take out the trash. A one, two, three. I thought it was kind of anticlimactic and really... Really? I loved it. I think it's, I think it's like, enduring to Swayze. But he wasn't nice. Well, everything but everything before be nice. that speech, he was nice. Everything after that speech was debauchery and him ripping people's throats <laughs> out. <laughs> he says, "Be nice until you don't have to be nice, or up until you can't be nice anymore." So it makes sense. He he just reaches that point like pretty quickly. I, I understand what Stevie's saying because I kind of had the f- same vibes. I was like looking for it. I was like, okay, so he's gonna like be really cool about it, but he's still gonna like fuck people up. And you see just, like, a taste of that. But you don't, like, quite get it the way that they set it up in the movie. Like, you think it's going to be more prevalent. Like, oh, man, look how coolly he handles this situation. It's like, he asks him to leave. They say no. He fucking beats the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I feel like it would have been better if Swayze was, like, giving people compliments as he's, like, ducking punches and, like, punching people in the ribs. Right. I do like how he handles nonviolent situations, though, like when people are just verbally aggressive. Like, he always seems to say the right thing. Like, I forget exactly what the guy says, but he says, what if someone says, my mother's a whore? And he just says, is she? <laughs> like, that's just kind of like like the zen-like quality to his, like, conversations outside of, like, physical altercations. Yeah, he's a samurai. I think they cut a lot of his musical compliments. I think he was, like... Hey man, I loved when you transitioned from being an A minor to C. Like that was a good, <laughs> that was a good move. Sweet chord progression, bro. Good key, key change. Shortly after that, the kick that Swayze does through the glass window, which defies all <laughs> physics and logic. <laughs> Insane. The sex scene. Are we gonna breeze over the sex scene? No, Pap. What was your favorite part of the sex scene? Well, don't. Which one? The cum shot. Yeah, which one? <laughs> the penetration. There's, so he's humping her against, like up in the air, against the fireplace. It, may, it would be so uncomfortable. It makes no sense. I've, n- I, I've never seen this in any kind of film, like a normal film, a, a pornography, anything. He picks her up. He's still inside her. And they start dancing around his like f- like little room. Like... This 5'11 guy is holding this woman like and dancing while he's inside of her. That's insane. Wow. Did you guys not like react that way? Well, I, I'm happy it had the hallmark of every 80s and 90s sex scene. I've never seen someone inside another person and dance with them. Like he's supporting his her weight. 
partially with his erect penis. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a strong rod. It's Patrick what Swayze. The fuck? That's fucking insane. That's the craziest thing in this whole movie. Have you seen Dirty Dancing, Pap? It's possible for Swayze to do that. <laughs> Many a times, but there's never a scene where I was terrified that Swayze was getting his dick broken off. One yeah. errant slip, he's done, <laughs> dude. His erection's getting snapped in fucking half. He's in the hospital. <laughs> No, he's buff everywhere. <laughs> like, how are you guys? Not, like, this is like my only note. Like, like, what the fuck is this scene? I mean, highlighted, bolded, like. Happy. Life finds a way, dude. <laughs> well, you could ask. You could ask Patrick Swayze. I just don't expect an answer. Just because you can't do it doesn't mean Swayze can't do it. I, I often get. I thought you'd be bigger too, but not in my <laughs> physical appearance. So I guess that might be the case, money. But I might be desensitized because of showgirls. Maybe we're like. In the pool, the wildest oh, scenes are just like you know, come and play. The, the fish flopping around. Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. That's a perfect example. Oh, yeah, I know. I had Stevie was. I used to fuck guys like you in prison. What a fucking line. That <laughs> what is. a yeah, right? fucking line. But you make a good point, though. Like, Swayze really is holding her up with his penis. So, I mean, it almost begs the question why not have him go handsless at a certain point and still have oh. her like floating there? <laughs> Spin her around, like you know what I mean, like like if it like would have like shown Swayze like lift his hands, and you'd have been just like, like, oh my, yeah, like maybe a thrust, the shadow on the wall just lifts his hands, and you're like, how do you do that? I thought you'd be smaller. He does a thrust, and she like elevates and comes back down. You know, like she she gets air. She, <laughs> they'd have to do a little like wire work, but you know, it could be done. One thing they did in this movie that <laughs> screams 80s to me is when you have a band playing in the background and some of the shots you cut to them, it's not like actually the right part of the song. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for lead guitar. That's when it's most evident, right? I, I always notice in the, in the mouth, someone's face like singing is usually how I pick it up. I love when uh, the blind guy gets a bottle thrown at him and like glass in his eyes, and then we, we're just onto the next scene. Like he's totally fine after that. Ah, he's fuck like, you! I'm already blind. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie, Sorry, you picked up one of your life lingos from this movie. Have we talked about it yet? Which is what, Josh? Sam Elliott says that dog won't hunt. That and dog. You're the only, <laughs> the only other human being I've ever heard <laughs> use that. That dog just won't hunt, Josh. That dog just won't hunt. <laughs> I have heard you say that. That dog won't hunt. I heard that first in Roadhouse and second in Band of Brothers. Nice. I did have one other note. Bill Murray is apparently best friends with Kelly Lynch's husband. Oh, so And good. anytime he sees Roadhouse on TV, in whatever time zone he's in, he could be in Russia calling him at 4 a.m., he could be in Australia, but he calls him He says, hey... Patrick Swayze is uh, humping your wife <laughs> hangs up the phone every time he sees oh a my gosh. Dude, that's Marilyn Manson. What? You, get, you guys hear what, what Marilyn Manson was doing? Yeah, it kind of sounds like that. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. What was he doing, Josh? What was he doing? Was it similar to what Bill Murray was doing? Yeah, well, kind of. He like has shades of that. Bill Murray's that's kind of not cool. Like, <laughs> what Bill Murray was doing, I feel like. Marilyn Manson would play sex scenes of his girlfriend or fiance at the time, who was a star of Game of Thrones, like while they're at parties and like, be like, haha, look at this slut or something. Wait a minute. So, what does he do? That's totally That's different. That's not even close Josh. to the same thing. I think it's pretty different. 
So wait, wait, wait. At a party, Marilyn Manson's there. There's a bunch of people there, probably celebrities, right? There's probably music playing. He's like, hold on, turn off, turn off the music. I'm going to put on Game of Thrones season six, episode four. <laughs> and like he, he logs into their Netflix. If you're watching it on TV, what's the implication? If you're like, hey, I'm watching your wife get screwed with a bunch of other people in Italy right now specifically. Ha ha. It's kind of the same, man. It's weird. No, it's not even... No, I don't think so. I'm man. kind of with Josh on this one. It is a tad weird. Oh my gosh! Whoa, that's ridiculous. No, you think it's that's funny. regular to call your friend when you see their wife's sex scene in a movie. That's weird. I think I would be happy anytime Bill Murray called me, even if it was to tell me my wife was getting <laughs> screwed by some by Patrick Swayze. Especially since it's all it's literally almost all cut out on TV. We we watched it on TV. So, well, I checked AMC to see if it was cut, and it was so. I, I I disagree, but you know whatever. Yeah, if Bill Murray calls me, I'm well. Maybe he, if, if he know if you're friends with Bill Murray, then maybe it wouldn't be as funny. But whatever. It'd be funnier if he called you and he's like, "I'm watching your wife's terrible acting in Roadhouse." Ha ha. <laughs> that's just that's just mean, Josh. Yeah, that's it. I think that it's seems worse. way meaner. <laughs> I think she was terrible. What are you talking about? I care about you. <laughs> what is that? Dalton. We're late for a house call, don't you think? I came to talk to you. No. You came to tell me to leave. I care about you, Dalton. You don't know him. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wasn't good. There's maybe there's like two good actors in this movie. Keith Emmett. David. Yeah, maybe three. Well, we got Keith David doesn't really talk much, but still good. The farmer, you're Dalton. There's a one point where Emmett the farmer like finds he's terrible Dalton's German car, and then he sees Dalton doing these like East Asian exercises like Tai Chi, and you know this like yeah. old country boy is like, oh my god, a kraut car and Asian exercises. This guy's in the, in the axis for sure. Tommy! Yeah, but he is so mesmerized by Patrick Swayze. He has his sexual <laughs> awakening right there. Yes, he does. Takes and his hat off in reverence for it. <laughs> you know he'd kick that guy the fuck out. Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, boy. You notice that, that that scene, they only have, like, it cropped from his waist up. You can't see that his pants are <laughs> off. <laughs> that explains it. Just the way it's framed. They pushed in. Remember that blonde? She could suck start at Harley. <laughs> <laughs> this movie had the hallmark of every 80s and 90s great sex scene, which is what I call the slip in every one of these movies, which is I hate that movies actually acknowledge it, but there's always a gasp with the woman when they want you to know that the penis has gone in the vagina and it drives me <laughs> insane. The slip. Well, probably because you've never heard it. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually like, am I in? Can you feel that? Like, the <laughs> fact that, like, we have to acknowledge it in the movies drives me insane. Like, the Hank Hill ball. Like, it, <laughs> it, it makes me so angry. And if I could, like... Could you, could you do that again, please? Ball. Like, <laughs> like the, the Hank Hill quiver is what I'll call it. I hate it with a passion. The Hank Hill Quiver. The Hank Hill Quiver. <laughs> Just so we as the viewer know 
that the man is successfully in. Yeah, like we wouldn't have known that when he's dancing around with her. And she's levitating on his cock. Like, we wouldn't know it already. Pap didn't yeah. know. Like, Pap was confused. You talked about this already, Stevie. Why the fuck are they having sex in view of Jackie Treehorn's house? That... She's. What is she doing? She's a double agent. She has to be. First of all, you called her ex, his ex. I don't think they dated. He just was in love with her. They were married. When did she say I don't that? Think that's she she said she married the wrong man. I yes. don't think it's him. Maybe, I guess. I- but yeah, I do love the geography of uh, Swayze just living 50 feet away from the main bad guy and in clear view of all of the fucking and sucking that's going on in the in the barn. Uh, it's just <laughs> yeah. uh, a little too convenient. Small town. What, does she not have a house? Why can't they go to her place? She's a doctor. She lives at the hospital. She's a doctor. Oh, that's true. They do live there. <laughs> in movies, doctors live at the hospital. So you know this, Pat. Anything else? That dog won't hunt. That dog just won't hunt. That dog won't hunt. I think everyone was kind of wanting to know this, but uh, the Truman Show was mostly shot in Seaside, Florida, and the rest of it was shot at Paramount Studios in L.A. So you kind of both right? No, I'm talking about in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, in fiction. (laughs) Where the dome is. It's not a real story, so it's probably not... What do you mean? Yes, what are you talking about? Truman's real? I'm going to pretend Brett didn't say it. I did have one other note, Stevie. There's an Eric Clapton song <gasps> in this. I know how much you love those jokes. Uh, White Room plays when he was with the band Cream. Wait, what's the song? White Room, a Cream song. Of course it'd be called White Room. <laughs> Just the way Clapton <laughs> wanted it. <laughs> well, what's it called? White's Only Room? White's Only Room? <laughs> uh, England uh, is for God. Whites by Eric Clapton. Uh, England is a white room. By Eric Clapton, covered by <laughs> Jeff Healy. Album is Songs from the Road. You know, I'm glad those jokes will never get old, personally. <laughs> I love them. You stole my note, but that's cool, Pappy. I love it. <laughs> I'm so happy you brought that up, Pap. Anytime we can insert Clapton, it just makes this podcast all the better for it. So, thank you. Um, Let's get into yes or no. This time, let's go Isis to Isis. Brett, I'm just going to start with you. Yes or no? Oh, yeah. It's a hard yes. I love this movie. Um, <gasps> I enjoy it every time it's on. I might watch it again soon. I don't know. I, I really like it. Love Swayze. Love the fight scenes. Love the bar scenes. Josh from Goshen. I think I hinted at this earlier when I asked a really strange question, but like, I did not expect to like this movie. And I think earlier I said the turnaround point was like the second bar fight. But there's also the moment where he tells her that he's like out of nowhere an NYU major with a philosophy religion degree, where it's just it became so funny to me. Foss says you've got a degree from NYU. What in? Philosophy. Any particular discipline? No, not really. Um, man's search for faith, that sort of shit. I think my only major note is I wanted to make one thing perfectly clear to anyone that watches and likes this movie. Like you can die in a bar fight really easily, like just fucking die. So don't do bar like bar fights kind of suck actually, but in this movie it's kind of like WWE wrestling. So it's really funny and cool. 
a huge yes. Getting lectured by the by the most violent person. Yeah, yeah John, I was least violent. Kylo said. Yeah, that's what he thought, but Kylo don't know. Sh- His hypothesis was incorrect. I was wrong. <laughs> it's a definite hard yes for me. This is my first time watching it. Oh, nice. Um, didn't really know what to expect, uh. and just gets pretty wacky at the end. Uh, I don't know if I liked that turn. I would have probably liked it. Well, I don't know. It's a toss-up. Could go either way. I just wasn't expecting how crazy it gets towards the end of the movie. But uh, yeah, it gets really uh, kung fu, kung fu samurai <laughs> towards like the last half of the movie. But it was fun. It was cool. Swayze's awesome. Sam Elliott was. I think there should have been more Sam Elliott. Uh, that'd probably be my only complaint. But pretty goofy, pretty funny, pretty good action. Nice. Uh, Pappy, um, right before this, I watched uh, a YouTube video uploaded by Matt K called Roadhouse 2017 Uncut Documentary Uncut. Uh, I don't know why he titled it that with uncut in all caps, but the documentary is I Thought You'd Be Bigger, The Making of Roadhouse, which came with the DVD. And like listening to it, everyone speaks of their time on this movie incredibly highly. Everyone says like how much fun they had, how much of a creative, like silly time it was, how much freedom they were given to sort of experiment in their roles. And even I think the first thing in the the documentary is someone comes on and says Roadhouse is the most expensive B movie ever made, which is kind of a cool, a cool attitude to add. Apparently everyone from Joel Silver to like Patrick Swayze knew exactly what kind of movie they were making, but they did want to treat it with a kind of, they didn't want it to be a, to a parody, right? They wanted it to be like an earnest, serious, really fun, like drive-in blockbuster over the top. Like what the fuck did I just see a poor bear landing on a man and disabling him type type movie so for all those reasons uh roadhouse is a definite hard yes very very fun movie lots of silly moments you know in terms of like if i was going to score the individual components like like we've mentioned like yeah the story maybe some big problems the acting not always consistently great but the finished product is a really fucking good time hard yes for roadhouse and thank you, Druid King, for the yes, uh, Patreon pick. A- ex- outstanding pick. Maybe the perfect pick we've had so far. Oh. Well, I think Snatch was pretty good. Uh, this is Corey, <laughs> Kylo Ren memes. You know, pain don't hurt, but this movie does. <laughs> no, I know. Shocker. I'm going to give this movie a soft no. I just didn't like it. Uh, it was entertaining in some areas and in other areas. Uh, and it was kind of slipping away from me, getting a little bit boring. I had this idea of this movie in my head, I think, and it was it was somewhat what I thought it would be, but it was also like oddly more like elaborate with like this like semi crime lord guy. I didn't anticipate that at all. I just thought it was gonna be like straight bar fights until he had to fight like the boss, like boss thug guy at the bar for some reason. You know, I've avoided this movie like my whole life. Uh, my brother was trying to get me to watch it uh, a lot when I was a kid, and uh, I, I successfully avoided it. Had to watch it for this podcast, and you know what? It was okay, but for the most part, I just didn't like it. I can certainly see the appeal, though, but yeah, it's a soft no for me. Hates the 80s. Oh, man, this is such a toss-up for me. This is really, really hard. Um, Man... I will give it a soft yes, 
just purely for its buffoonery and how outlandish <laughs> it becomes. Um, I think what makes it, like, what Pat brought up is, like, there's a sex scene where literally Patrick Swayze holds up a woman with just his penis, and it's amazing to even think about that. Possible because it's Swayze, but just incredible. Um, I enjoyed the beginning a lot more than the latter half of the movie when it's somewhat grounded in reality. I know it's a double deuce, but something about the beginning I just like. So I will give this a soft yes. And thank you, Drew King, for picking this. I actually enjoyed watching this again for the first time in 15 years. So thank you. This has got to be Spoilers Bags Hall of Fame, right? Is Up this there. The, the most bags? No, probably not the most, but in it's got to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, what has more than this? Like, what spoilers movie? Oof. Mm. I don't know. I'll, I'll think about it, I guess. But... Salo. 120 oh, yeah, guess, days but... of Saddam. I never watched that, but... Uh, a classic episode. <laughs> I was going to watch it until you mentioned something about soft serve ice cream. And uh, I knew exactly where that was, what that was about. So. Oh, they like, eat poop in the movie. Yeah, no, I got that. <laughs> it's poop, Brett. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> poop. <laughs> oh. Quick programming note too, Stevie. Drew King's not done. We still owe him because he's a. We still owe him. Rockard Vigo Mortensen, a custom episode of any kind of his choosing. Do you want to explain what that could entail potentially? <sighs> It really could be anything. It could be a season overview. It could be, I mean, another movie, right, Pap? It really can just be anything, right? Could be a series of movies. It could a series be a of movies could be a ranking. Could it's be, a- hey, what's your favorite movies from 1986? <laughs> it could be not media related. It could be every James Bond movie. Oh, please no. Please no. It's a pa- it's a Patreon thing. So I mean, the only thing we know for sure is I won't be on it. No, this is a main feed request. Oh, okay. So uh, maybe main feed request. You and that joke only works for one episode, Brett. Don't don't beat it in the ground. There's no Clapton <laughs> humor. You can't keep mining that. <laughs> It wasn't all timer though. <laughs> oh, Brett. Yeah, he really can request any episode, and we'll do it. So please let us know what that is, because Boogie Nights Part Two. No, I'm saying that's got to be up there in the Hall of Fame. Sorry. Oh, oh. very true. Good call. Or like Booby Nights. <laughs> all right. Also. <laughs> Just keep swinging. Eventually, you'll hit. You'll hit. Brett is just throwing baloney at a wall Ugh. tonight, and hoping one of them's gonna stick. Booby night stuck. That was a good one. It was all worth it. It made me laugh. Oh, but we are not done. Patron Alex gets more. He gets trivia. And apparently it's so good, even though I am the host, Josh wouldn't <laughs> let me know what it is. So, Josh, what is the trivia that Alex requested? 
Well, I told Stevie too late about this is what it comes down to. You never so. told me. You didn't tell me too late. You I, just never told me. I know because <laughs> it was so late that I was like, it's not fair to tell you now. I'm going to do the work myself <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> so I do have the trivia here. Um, we'll just it, It's just for getting the last word and tossing to Spoiler Man. So I just have a made up order. Um, Mikey, you're going to go first here. Okay. And this is... There's a part two, just in case there's a tie, like you can guess the same thing. But what Druid King wanted a trivia about was throats and throats getting ripped out. He said it just always cracked him up how ridiculously violent that part was. (laughs) And he wanted some trivia relating to it. So Mikey, if you look at the side map of like a human's face, like a slice of it. So I want you to tell me how many things there are below the tonsils and above the trachea how many different organs named there in the throat possible for patrick swayze to pull out organs and this was druid king's trivia is he a doctor or something it's pretty specific pretty scientific druid king, md druid king gave me a, a parameter yeah, this is from josh's warped mind not from druid throat king. based trivia <laughs> this is probably not what he had yeah. in mind I'll just guess five, uh, five things. I don't know. <laughs> five <laughs> organs. I don't know what the hell I'm even good, guessing here. Good guess. All Thank right. you. Okay. So, Corey, nasopharynx, tonsils, and then there's some blanks. Yeah, there's one thing. One thing. Don't ask me what it is, but there is one. <laughs> the throat. Brett, do you want me to break down the question again, or do you got it pretty handily? I'll just guess it's going to be... <sighs> I don't know, thir- 13, I guess. 13. Remember, you can guess the same as someone else if you feel like it. Uh, Stevie. Oh, yeah. Below the nasopharynx. I hope I'm saying that right. Nasopharynx and tonsils. Below that and above the trachea and esophagus. How many organs in the throat? That's so oddly specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would have to be. <laughs> We're doing nice. below the... <laughs> Pharynx? Is that what that's called? <sighs> Nasopharynx and the ton- the tonsils. Below the tonsils and above the trachea. Oh, I hate you so much. Can't ask your wife. Seven. Let's go with seven. So, Pappy, yeah. we've got Mikey with five, Corey with one, Brett with thirteen, Stevie with seven. The only thing I know, the only thing I know is the epiglottis. That's all I know. I had my tonsils out in sixth grade. I think, Stevie, you brought me ice cream. I brought you ice cream, uh, and wow. it took like a month for your voice to come back to normal. It was very sad. <laughs> the doctor, yeah, I sounded like Peter Brady. The doctor said I had the biggest tonsils he had ever seen. Um, you sounded you sounded like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. God bless me in the wrong areas. I'm going to go with three things. I, I feel like he cut them too far off at the root for you, Pappy. What does that mean? What you- Nothing. You have a great voice. How many did you say? Three? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> three things. Just joking, man. Three things. Okay. So right below the tonsils are the epiglottis, just like you said. And I'm pretty sure that there's a hefty... I think that's where his like pointy finger gets. Then underneath that is the oropharynx. Underneath mm. that is the hypopharynx. And underneath that is a larynx. Oh. So that is four things that I believe Patrick Swayze ripped out of Jimmy's throat. That's all for you, Druid King. Pappy, you are the winner, the closest with three. My backup question was just going to be how I many nude scenes there are. 
<gasps> Overtime. Swayze off. Swayze off. Well, I just teased it. How many sex scenes are in the movie? <laughs> Druid King was joking with me on Instagram that we could call this movie Bag House. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so according to uh, the parental guide on IMDb, Mikey. Oh, let's make Pappy go first this yeah. time. Um, How many sex scenes does Roadhouse have? I'll say three again. I'll say five again. Tell me it's four. Tell me it's four. Hold on a second. I'm going to rephrase the question. How many scenes of sex and nudity were in this movie? Uh, I phrase this very poorly. No, it makes sense. Um, I won't say three then. I'll say eight. Okay. Mikey. I'll go 11. Pappy, Mm. you're going to have to let Mikey take it home because there's 14 scenes. The fake out. I never forget a bag. I never forget a bag. One of the descriptions of one of the scenes is three or four quick scenes of nudity. So there may be actually a couple more <laughs> yeah, than that. Probably the swimsuit <laughs> scene, the G string. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Mikey, it's all you, man. Uh, Druid King, thanks for the great movie pick. Uh, I really did love it a lot. Um, just absolutely batshit insane <laughs> movie I guess uh, great pick uh, if you want to contribute to our Patreon go ahead and do that uh, anybody that's loving the podcast please rate and subscribe us uh, we'd really appreciate that and just tell your friends about us that'd be so kind of you to do and yeah you know uh, this was a lot of fun I hope we get to do more patreon exclusive stuff uh but we can only make that happen if uh we get more subscribers and they keep contributing to the patreon so please just spread the word uh i would totally love to keep doing more of this stuff thank you wolf trying to oh take it away spoiler man <laughs> Spoiler Man here. Special thank you to our patrons, Nick. Do you always carry your medical records around with you? Brother Brian. Saves time. Matt Troll. I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Druid King. I will kill you the old-fashioned way. If you would like to help spoilers continue to make podcasts, please consider going to patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. A polar bear fell on me. That was spoilers. You got the roadhouse, what?